How fitting this is the 13th episode of Bard Talk, and I'm your host, Josh. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do this episode this week. I apologize for being a day late. However, I suffered uh, the loss of a brother in the service on Thursday, May 21st, 7.15 a.m. Sergeant Jeremy Emmerich uh, lost his battle with COVID-19. We laid him to rest today. Uh, There was a big funeral procession. Many members of the fire service in this county and the local area, as well as members of the armed forces. And I wanted to pay tribute to that a little bit. I guess that's why I'm pushing forward with this. Um, I don't think that he would disapprove. And I think the core message is always the same when it comes to the fire department and I. And that's, you know, we need your support. So a little bit about Jeremy. Uh, He was only 40 years old when he passed. He graduated from the Reading High School in 1997, went on to go serve in the United States Army, seeing a tour of Iraq. Later, he got out. Uh, He was employed by the University of Medevac as a firefighter EMT, served the Exeter Township Fire Department along with myself as a firefighter EMT, was a volunteer firefighter EMT for the Fleetwood Fire Company, and also assisted the Grandview Speedway with his firefighting services. The guy was a true community leader and hero, and he will be deeply missed. My own personal relationship with Jeremy started uh, with a trip to the National Fire Academy. We had both gotten in on a a program called DIMCO, Decision Making for Initial Company Officers. He was a lieutenant with the Fleetwood Fire Company, and I was a captain with Ole. And we attended the same class, and we got to know each other, and uh, it, it was a hoot. Uh, Jeremy and I were fast friends. He was kind of like a dopic, um, almost came off as not being very bright, but like he was certainly smart. He just was a funny guy. Like he could cut the tension in the room. Uh, I remember, you know, my first year at the National Fire Academy, the National Fire Academy in Emmitsburg, Maryland, and. Of course, you know, I was caught up in the grandeur of the whole thing, the prestigious nature of being at the nation's fire academy and taking these rich classes that, you know, you had to do a lot to get into. And it, it was a lot. Uh, I could saying that I was overwhelmed would be a little bit of an understatement, but I was I was truly challenging myself on a level I've never challenged myself before on at that point. And I remember the the instructor asked a question, and Jeremy said the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I don't remember the answer to the question. I remember laughing, the whole class laughing, as if what he said had nothing to do with the question itself. And it just cut the tension. It, it, it cut it right there, and it was like, okay, all right, no, you know, we're all just dumb firemen in, in this class trying to get better at the job we do to help the people we serve and that was his nature Uh, it didn't matter what call you were on it didn't matter what was going on after that he uh he just had this way about himself he could tease a laugh out of you in the worst circumstances and a lot of people find that part of firefighters a little morbid that we make jokes at the worst moments of our lives but it's how we survive you know by seeing the brevity of the situation and and I think a lot of people 
have a real negative connotation around the word dumb. And I'm going to take back dumb for a lot of us because what we do is absolutely dumb. And the connotation really is nobility. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. This, this seriously is just a memorial, I guess, for my friend. But, you know, we're, we're not a... We're smart. I mean, obviously, we're smart people to, to be able to learn building construction and fire science and the, the different ways you can put out a fire and, and the emergency medicine aspect of our jobs. All of that stuff requires pretty decent brains on somebody. But when you get down to it, we stare at a burning building and we go inside. Uh, we look at uh, a wreck where the car is on fire or on its roof or there's there's power lines down or gasoline on the ground any numerous situation hazmat situations where there's literally a vapor cloud in front of us separating us from you and we don't question it you know the smart thing to do would be to turn around and run away the smart thing to do would be to not engage or to to try to figure out a way to fight it while putting as much distance between us and it as we can and we don't do that you know we 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 take up hose lines and we go into a burning building or we take rescue tools and we climb on top of wreckage or or we put on an air pack and we try to make the save and there's nothing smart about what we do in in january when there were reports of a killer virus in china coming to the mainland u.s we knew the impact this could have. Uh, as February rolled around and cases were being reported in the larger cities, none of us batted an eyelash. And when March came in and our states began locking down and people began staying home and the serious threat of what this disease was going to be, we really reared its ugly head. None of us called off a day. None of us took into consideration uh, the health of us. We only thought of you. And we went out there and we did our job. And most of us did multiple jobs because there's no fire job in the world that will make you a millionaire. There's Nobody gets into a profession of public service and thinks that someday they're going to own a Ferrari. There is no fire job that pays enough money for what we have to put up with. We go to work because we see more value in your life than on our own. And we have this calling to try our best to make sure that you have a long life. So uh, to all my brothers and sisters out there on the front lines, you know, we, we usually can see the devil in front of us we we have an idea of what we're looking at and when it came to this it was an invisible enemy you know we we did our best with our ppe precautions but we're helping humanity sickest we're exposing ourselves in the most concentrated areas and we work with the people most vulnerable and that's what jeremy emmerich did you know his uh his job the University of Medivac exposed him to multiple sources of the infection. And then on top of that, to, to work part-time at Bally Ambulance, which I may or may not have forgot to mention, but also to receive exposure at the Exeter Fire Department. I, I mean, the man's li entire life was dedicated to the service of this community. And 
unfortunately, as fate would have it, he lost his life because of it, which is something that we have to accept. I was told when I joined the fire service back in 04 that the bravest thing you can do is apply. To put your name on the application, to walk through the doors and say, I'm willing to do this. And then everything else that happens in the course of your career is just part of the job. There are no hero moments for those of us that walk the earth. At least we don't consider it that way. The heroes are the people that, that give up their lives, that sign that last check that they put their name to when they put it on the application. Jeremy was escorted by numerous fire companies, United States Army personnel, <clears throat> and, and friends and family. And he was surrounded by the people that cared about him and cared about his mission. And he was laid to honor or laid to rest with all of the honors that are given to somebody who served in the military and served in the fire department. There's a tradition that we do where county radio will call your unit number three times and when you fail to answer they declare an end of watch that is a hard thing to witness if you're in the service and it's an even harder thing to witness if you're a civilian standing there and so many people break down at that point there's other fire traditions uh, that some that weren't observed uh, bells is one of them where they'll ring three bells to signify the apparatus is back in station and a fourth bell to signify it's out of service. All of these traditions that we have are ways that we show uh, honor and respect to the fallen. But the way I know most companies deal with it is we get back on the trucks. His gear rack will remain open with a banner and a memorial for everybody that wants to pay tribute. And that gear rack will sit there with just his gear and his name as a testament to the time that he served. And the guys will get on a truck the first alarm that goes off today. That's what we do. We, uh, we kind of carry the baton when somebody puts it down. So, I have a greater story to tell about Jeremy. Um, a story about the worst fire of my life. And I'm going to tell that story on a later date uh, I've been in contact with somebody who is a licensed therapist and they've agreed to come onto the podcast so I'm going to sit down with them and uh, kind of do a back and forth and my goal is kind of to show that it's okay to grieve that it's okay to work through these kind of things and it's gonna put a bigger edge on it because Jeremy was there um, without spoiling anything I can tell you that if it weren't for Jeremy and his actions, I don't know that I would be sitting here today to make this podcast. So it's it's a big loss to me. You know, it's a, it's a loss to the community. It's a loss to me personally. He will be deeply missed. And as always, you know, I, I try my hardest to just explain how important the fire department is. It's one of those government services that you know, we go through waves. Unfortunately, we have to lose a whole lot before people realize that we're an essential service and that we we need to be. We're expensive. I get that. I understand that, that there's no financial return for the things that we do. 
Um, there's been a lot of video on YouTube and various other platforms where people are harassing firefighters at the grocery store. And I get it, you know, if you're a taxpayer and you see a half million dollar truck parked in front of the stop and go and the guys are buying groceries for the day, it doesn't make any sense to you. You know, you, you go to work and you work hard and you work all day and you don't take time out of your work day to go to the grocery store. Like, there's a lot of things that we do that don't make sense to civilians and there's no way I can explain it to you in a podcast or over some drinks like it's just it's the life where we live it's 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 weird it's it's beautiful I mean to sit around a table and eat dinner on shift with your family and have that dinner interrupted to go save somebody else's family is a unique lifestyle and like I said earlier like we're not we're not going to be rich someday we're not the smartest people in the rooms at all times but we are the most dedicated and I wish more people would would take note of that when they get their fundraisers in the mail when they see us with a boot out on the corner selling donuts or hoagies uh, most fire departments are volunteer not amateur not unprofessional I know that IAFF likes to tout that they are the Union for the Professional Firefighters Organization, and I've always hated that connotation because you're implying that if you're not a member of the IAFF, that you're not a professional firefighter. There's a career firefighter, and there's a volunteer, and a career firefighter is somebody who receives compensation for firefighting, and the volunteer is somebody who does it out of the kindness of their heart who has that calling and that desire to help people but they have a job elsewhere because their community couldn't support a paid fire department if they wanted to uh, in years past these fire companies used to be supported by bars or social quarters relief associations things that would help provide funds for the apparatus and the gear and that's kinda gone by the wayside there's there's really not that on the docket anymore so you have local municipalities and sometimes counties that provide a donation for that volunteer fire service but chances are if you live in a rural part of America uh, you have a volunteer firehouse those guys aren't compensated those guys and gals aren't compensated at all they are they're doing it when they can as often as they can because they just have a love for their community and you know Jeremy Emmerich was no different he and I both have gone after paid municipal jobs um, we tested for the same jobs a couple times um, we didn't get them but you know it was always in his heart someday to be a career firefighter and it, when I was talking to people at the funeral there were some people that that really sounded mournful that he never made that leap and and I would say that some of that is because a lot of volunteers feel like they aren't professional that they are amateurs and that's certainly not the case somebody willing to do this line of work for free is a more valuable resource than somebody who draws a paycheck you know it's an incredible endeavor with your life and one that certainly you'll never question whether or not you had an impact on the community people don't get laid to rest in the same way that firefighters get laid to rest and it doesn't matter if you are a volunteer career if you were part-time or full-time you know it's a special person to take up that mantle and it's a special way we send you home 
and and I kept telling people that you know it doesn't matter that he was never a municipal firefighter he was he was a firefighter period he was a professional he was one of the best that there was in the service and few people could do what he did for the length of time that he did it's a shame that he had to work so many jobs to support himself uh, it's a shame that you know Fleetwood Fire Company and Exeter Fire Company have to come up with a million fundraisers a year to try to meet operating costs but none of that stuff is a negative towards him none of that stuff is a negative towards the profession that's what we do to survive um, I'm going to link in this podcast a couple websites you can go to the Fallen Fa- Firefighters Foundation is a great organization that supports the family of firefighters that are lost in the line of duty and those volunteers that are lost to their communities whether on duty or not and the Leary Firefighting Foundation, I know Leary Foundation might be it now, but that is also another uh, foundation that really supports firefighters. Uh, they've bought apparatus for small rural stations. They've bought sets of gear. They've bought air packs. Like, there's so much they can do. And as always, I mean, you know, go down to your local firehouse. Those guys, uh, you know, if you're in a in a metro area, if you if you live in a city, chances are they're career personnel. But career or volunteer, for you to go down and say hi, you bring them a plate of cookies or some bread or, you know, I wouldn't advise buying us alcohol. We love to consume it, but we can't do it on duty. Um, just saying thank you is enough, because that's something that like you forget. After a while, you forget you see so much negativity or you have a bad call or you get screamed at or, hell, I've been punched on a call. Um, Some people just don't understand what our mission is and what we do, and, and, and they're in a bad situation. You know, I've always remarked that when we meet somebody at a call, we're meeting them at the worst point of their lives. And even if the call isn't that serious it's still at that moment the worst thing that's happening to them. We're not going to get a warm and fuzzy reception. And I can count on one hand and less than two fingers the amount of times somebody has come by the station after the fact to thank us for our efforts. And it goes a long way. It goes a long way in making you feel good about what you do, but really to see the guys' faces light up, to you know, to get a card or a balloon or even just somebody to give them a hug and say thank you for doing what you do. Like it's, It means the world to these guys. I've seen it. It's meant the world to me you know on dark days and so I don't physically have the ability to make this a long one Uh, 20 minutes is about the max you're going to get out of me and I'm hoping I'm hoping perhaps my next podcast if I can get everything worked out my next podcast ought to be uh, with the therapist and that'll be a pretty decent long one and it's going to be a little uh, morose but you know, the point I want to make is that we all go through things and we all have life experiences that are horrible and it's okay to seek out and reach help. And if you've never had therapy or had a therapy session, I'm hoping that maybe if you sit on on mine, that you understand how okay it is and that it's not something scary, that it's it's working on your yourself and having somebody else to bounce off some ideas and how I'm feeling is uh, it's important. It's an important thing to do. And so I guess I'll leave it on that and just say, you know, regardless of how you're feeling today, 
you know, we all have dark points and, and low moments in our lives and it's worth it's worth investing some some time and energy into healing yourself. To spending some time getting to know why you're upset and ways to make you balanced. You know, I wouldn't say you can take yourself from being upset to being happy, but we have to find balance in our lives. And so that's what I'm going to do today. You know, I'm just going to reach out and text the people that matter to me and hug the people that I love and just remember the good times I had with Jeremy. So thank you, everybody, for putting up with the schedule and inconsistencies with this podcast. Everybody that listens, you know, you all mean the world to me. I'm so glad that I have a voice and a place I can go to and get some stuff off of my mind. And I promise they're not all going to be sad ones. You know, I'm going to have happy podcasts. I've had happy podcasts, hell. But there's going to be more. Um, my new computer's up and running. It runs like a champ. I'm going to be getting some more editing software. So this thing, as it rolls, is only going to get better and better. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of you. Please enjoy the rest of your week and stay safe out there, everybody.